and welcome listeners and watchers to Gaming the System. You're joining me, Alex, Matt, and today we have a guest called Ross, who is actually a former colleague of mine and and now obviously a friend, and is joining us today to talk all about gaming and accessibility and why it's important, specifically focusing on The Last of Us Remastered, which recently came out and obviously had a bit of an overhaul in terms of its accessibility. Um, so we're going to be talking about that and basically our thoughts on it. Um, but I think that one of the best things to do would be to introduce Ross properly, if he would like to have a chat with us about his gaming history and kind of give us a background on how he got into gaming and uh, kind of what, what games he likes to play, that kind of, that sort of thing. So, Ross, feel free to take it away. Yeah, sure. Hi, both. Um, well, it all started when I was born. Um, <laughs> it's it's crazy. I'm in my mid twenties now, and um, I, I've I've been I've played games for as long as I can remember, really. But I um, probably the main uh, headlines to know about me is that it's it's pretty much been uh, PlayStation all the way with little. I guess if I stick to the gaming terminology, side quests along the way um, <laughs> in the realms of like Nintendo Wii and and um, Mega Drive and other things like that. But um, yeah, for as long as I can remember, um, I've had you know PS One through PS Five, um, and even sort of the in the days of the PSP, the handheld um, mm-hmm. when when all that stuff was was trendy. And it's a shame, really, that. Sony have sort of fallen off that that bandwagon, but uh, yeah, it, it, if I was to summarise my my um, gaming history, it would probably be uh, as uh, I, I wouldn't say a Sony fanboy, but a, a Sony fan. Um, definitely. <laughs> nice. Well, you know, you know already that I'm a big PlayStation fan, yes. and of course, you could probably tell from Matt's reaction that he is as well. Um, so you're in good company here. Definitely. Unfortunately, I, I couldn't even see Matt's reaction. So for oh, all I know, he did, he a, he did a little fist pump. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, he fully fist pumped the air. So he was all very excited about that. Um, so if I remember correctly, The Last of Us Remastered came out, I think it was on your last day of work with me as part of the team. Or was it the day after you were getting it posted to you? But you were very excited to play. Yeah, it was the very last day, yeah. So how you have, I take it, finished the game? Yeah, it was, It. I remember it arrived, like, right at the start of my shift. And I was due to finish at 8pm. And it was kind of like, um, I'm glad I kept it in another room, because if it was there in the same room, it'd it'd be like it was staring at me all day, which would not have been good. Um, But yeah, I... So that was what, a very early, 2nd of September that was, wasn't it? Gosh, um, yes, it's going back quite a while now. But yeah. I know, yeah. Um, so I, I started playing it, obviously, um, that day, and mm. I was starting a new job on the 13th of September. And I'm usually a really slow gamer, um, for obvious reasons. I, I, I have severe sight loss um, with a lot of games. I can't really play them that well, so it takes me ages to get through them, and I often need help. Um, but... With that game, I started it on the 2nd of September and I'd finished it by the um, 11th of September. Oh, wow. And yeah. it's not exactly a short game, The Last of Us, is it? I, no. mean, I think you've 
played it, haven't you, Alex? I haven't played it, but I've watched it on YouTube because I'm a bit of a scaredy cat and I can't play. I don't play like horror-based games or like games with just. I just find it too scary. Like the tension and the stuff, like stealth stuff, was pretty scary. So I did attempt to play a little bit with an ex-boyfriend. I think I got maybe an hour or so in, and then I reached a point with the clicker, and I was just like, nope, not playing any. But I have watched all of it on YouTube. Matt is an avid fan of The Last of Us, as you may have heard on the podcast many times before now. So I'm sure you guys can uh, exchange notes on it as well. So this this will be a spoiler, completely open for business zone. (laughs) So, yeah, if you've already played it, just to turn. If you've not played it, I should say, just just turn off now. Mm. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I'm completely with you on the clickers, Alex. Even though mm. I played for the first game probably about three and a bit, well, three and a bit times uh, mm. now, and the second game uh, two and a bit times, and the clickers still somehow managed to terrify me, um, mm. which. Um, it's good, really, that they're that impactful that they still get me on the third and fourth playthrough. But um, when I'm sat there, um, sort of, you know, dreading engaging in the in the fight with them, and mm. and like my partner's like, just just go and kill them. It's not going to be that bad. <laughs> and it's just like, yep, yeah, she's right. Let me just go and do this. But they are mm. they are so creepy, aren't they? Yeah, they are. So, how did you find the experience of it being remastered for you? Like. What features made it more playable for you this time around? Did you ever try to play the original? Yeah, I I played the original when it first came out. Again, it was one that it took me um, ages to do. Um, and then, obviously, this, the second one came out, and um, it's probably you know quite widely known that it's probably the most accessible game of all time. Certainly, the most accessible triple a game of all time um and sort of this time round, uh they maybe for anyone that that isn't certain they they did more than just a usual remaster they sort of went they sort of well properly rebuilt it from the ground up but with accessibility at the center of everything they did um so they brought every feature from the last of us part two into the last of us part one and built on top of it so it was sort of much more than your usual well the usual copy and pastry master i guess it was sort of much more than that um and this time around um sort of the the big addition that they added to it was sort of audio description in the yeah. in the cutscenes, and yeah. it, apparently it was the first time again that that's ever been done on a triple a mm-hmm. game and i sort of when i was going through it um there was times like in the first game in a cutscene where like for example a character would be crying or something and or um uh, another small detail was was happening um like something in the distance for example and like i'd have no no idea really well i wouldn't see that thing at all but obviously with with audio description now being in the game um it sort of means that you can for me anyway enjoy it sort of on a whole new level sort of in an equal way to to anybody else um so i think you know comparing my playthrough this time to the first time i ever played the first game um it was night and day really i um i managed to play 
through this game without any help from anybody, which um, I've never really been able to do with any game, which is That's fantastic. always nice. Yeah. 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 That must have been a really um, liberating experience for you to be able yeah. to do that for the first time. It is. It is. Yeah. And it's, um, I mean, obviously, you know, sometimes I need help and that's, that's fine. That's sort of <laughs> comes with having sight loss really. Sometimes you do need help, but it, when something is, when the barriers are removed to an extent where you don't need help at all from anybody and can just, you know, play the game on your own, even like th- there was times with games in the past where I, I would not play a certain level because there was no chance of me doing it on my own. Mm-hmm. So I'd actively wait for somebody else to be there, which is like when you, when you just want to crack on and play, yeah. it's, it's, it's rubbish. It's frustrating, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Matt, have you played The Last of Us Remastered? I believe you said you recently finished it. Yes. Because I'm so grateful to you, Ross, because I played... I played the so this is this is like the the remade version, and so they had the Last of Us original, which was in 2013 PS3. Then they remastered it for PS4. Then they did um, Last of Us Part Two. I played the, the Last of Us. I played the Last of Us Part One because the second one looked good. When I say I played the PS4 version, and and played it, and was like meh, meh, and then play the second one and it's one of the top five games I've ever played absolutely jaw-dropping and I was certain I'd never play it again because it had so it had affected me so much but then Alex mentioned that you wanted to you were excited about it and wanted to talk about it and so in the last month I've just just been gorging like a (laughs) clicker on the the remade part one and i just finished part two again today and i have to say i turned so like when the there's a such a the myth about disability and accessibility is that it just means making things easier slowing things Mm -hmm. down dumbing things down and that disabled people have nothing to offer apart from being a burden but you it was just going through I played with a ton of the accessibility stuff turned mm. on to experiment. And turns out when you can customize a game to suit your personal gaming uh choices, what you prefer. Yeah. I was gonna say perversions, but I mean <laughs> what you prefer, then it makes it 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 enhances it and of course go, oh duh. That's what there's obviously, and you'd have to be a great big steaming bellend to not realise that <laughs> not only do, are these things just getting people able to have the base experience, mm. stuff like the on the, like the difficult difficulty level alone. I like the combat to be hard, mm-hmm. but I don't like the survival scarcity element where you'd have you've never got any ammunition. So you can you can have the combats too hard and the resource collecting too easy. So mm. you can have lots of stuff. But the two most awesome game changing things were enhanced. Did you use enhanced listen mode, Ross? 
Yeah, it's yeah, that was from the Last of Us Part Two and when they brought it into this one, that was one of my uh, most treasured features oh. in, in in either game. Yeah. I take it you use you use that one as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just it so so that was that was part one. Another so both visual things um are using the um what's it called? Changing the it's the high high contrast the, when it's high contrast yeah so when it it's got the world is grey good people are blue bad people are red pickups are yellow and hmm. I could just go through so the most the the things that frustrate me are not being able to find enough things and so yeah that's basically it. And so that was that was where I started. I think, oh, I, I I can't be asked searching around to find everything. I'll turn on the ping so that you can. I'll just turn on the ping so it helps you find. And it's genius. You can press square for enemies, circle for um, pickups, so it doesn't so automatically cool. tell you when tell you where everything is. So is it like an audio so, cue? Oh, it's, oh, it's it's so cool. As I'm learning more and more about game development itself, going through this list of things, I'm just thinking, of course, of course, there's a ping library ah. to every single conceivable thing in the game has its unique ping. That's and it pings does, depending yeah. on how how far away from you it is. And if people, and so yeah, it, the the just finding things, having plenty to find, being able to find it. And people who say, "Oh, it, it can what?" That takes the fear out of it. If you if you can have an enemy ping and you can use the high contrast stuff, the scariest thing that happened to, happened in the game happened when I used I was somewhere in the dark and used the ping, and a buzz went off right next to me, and I went oh, okay and turned on <laughs> high contrast mode and turned to my right. And a stalker jumped at me and <laughs> scared the shit out of me. So those, those two elements, it's, people just so, just try them. If anyone's like, oh, we should make it easier, just go shut up and try it. And it it's just the, and it even it. that feature you described there, the enhanced listen mode. Um, sort of one of the, the things I love most about what they did with part one and part two is that they didn't just include a few accessibility features almost like as a token gesture like a lot of game companies might do these days like you know i i saw a game developer recently sort of kind of blowing their own trumpet because they'd included like different colorblind settings and whilst that's obviously brilliant that's something that has been in like a lot of games for years and years and years as mm. as far as i can remember which yeah brilliant that it was added but i think these days accessibility needs to be so much more and what naughty dog did was they they put these features in but they also made them actually useful and not just like a kind of like a, a gimmick like it, it would have been easy for them to just in, input like a, an enhanced listen mode that beeps whenever there's something to interact with, just as, as simple as that. Um, but no, they, they did it so you, 
it tells you if there's an item, it tells you if there's an enemy, there's a different sound for each of those two things. So you know what it is that it's detected. And if the enemy's high up or low down, the sound will be more higher pitched. So mm-hmm. you know, kind of, you know, if you do a scan and it is a high pitched beep, you know that it's kind of not on the floor that I'm on. So you kind of you kind of all right for a bit. Um and that's sort of the the amazing thing about it really. And as well for, you know, people like me who, you know, if I tried to read something, it would take me all day. <laughs> um, and people that know me um, know that like with any um, gadget or any, any piece of technology or game or anything like that, any piece of software, I love a good settings menu. Um, often the first thing I'll do with anything is just go through all the settings and see what I can mess with. Cause I love messing with things and make it, making it work how I want it to work. And um, probably the the biggest feature that they included across both games, really, if I had to pick three, this would probably be in the top three, is they have um, a screen reader, um, you know, across the the entire game, which is essentially, you know, a screen reader will will read what's on the screen, as as it says on the tin. Um, so in all of the menus, um, it will say which menu item you're on. It will say what your current option is like if you're on subtitles for example it will say subtitles currently on and then what you need to do to toggle them off and on and sort of the the speed at which i was able to just go through the settings and make it work exactly how i wanted was like you know a hundred times faster than it would have otherwise been and then even in the game um you have the little um touchpad controls where you can switch weapons and get your you know, Molotovs and bricks and so on and so forth. Um, you know, when you tab to them, it will tell you what you've selected. It will tell you how many you've got left. It will tell you if you can craft it. Um, and just the level of, you know, not just the the features themselves, the level of detail that each feature goes into is um, absolutely incredible across across both games. Um, it's it's just great. I, I honestly, I I like. My my, uh, my brother, I often talk to him about The Last of Us because I'm normally chatting with him when I'm playing it. And um, it's it, it's educated him a lot about, you know, how, how games can become more accessible for disabled people, mm-hmm. which is, you know, one of the other great aspects of it. It's not just something that benefits disabled people. It's something that will ultimately benefit people who you know, don't have any kind of disability at all. Because one of the one of the things that's sort of being pushed by people in the industry, um and sort of, you know, charities and other organizations that are sort of campaigning for more accessible gaming is that accessibility is not just for disabled people. It's something that anybody can enjoy because it's it's about making the game play the way you want it to play. Um, and that's not just something that, that disabled people can make the most of, is it? No, exactly. It's a really, really great point, Ross. And definitely something we've talked about on the podcast before, but you put it really eloquently. So thank you for that. Um, I think the point you've made is that um, accessibility basically gives the player lots of choice, which is a really great thing as far as I see it. And um, it's wonderful to hear about how it's transformed your gaming experience and made it 
um, make the games basically playable for you, which is really great to hear. Something I noticed from the way you were talking about a lot of the audio cues and things is, and also generally from the games I've been playing lately, is how much gaming is actually a really sensory experience. It's not just something you watch. It's also something you can use your hands with, obviously, because you'll be using a controller. But how much you use your ears, I think, is something we don't always notice um, as well, which is always an interesting thing to think about, like the number of different prompts you get, like audio cues and different things like that, that are kind of so well intertwined into the game that you don't even notice that they're actually accessibility tools um, is what's so clever, I think, is that is is that aspect to it where it's designed in a way that it's not obvious that it's an accessibility tool as well. Sometimes that's that's really interesting to think about. Yeah. They are, like, historically, games have always, like, been sort of inherently really visual, haven't they? Mm. they they've always relied on that visual aspect of it. But, yeah, with sort of the additions of um, hearing sound-related accessibility features um, that sort of it, it enhance that experience for people and also sort of, you, I guess, the more physical things like the vibration of controllers mm. and such, it's sort of helping to, um, you know, make it feel even more immersive, really. Yeah, one, one of the things they did with the, the second one um, is sort of for the cutscenes. Um, they sort of introduced haptics to the controller to sort mm. of go along with, with what the characters were saying um, to try and help um, you know, people um, who sort of, um, you know, uh, people that maybe um, sort of hear through touch, if, if you like, kind of through through interpreting vibration patterns to sort of um, get a feel, literally get a feel for um, what the characters might be saying, which yeah. is sort of incredible, like you said, um, uh, enhancing sort of the, the sensory experience of sort of the entire thing and not just the, you know, the visual aspect, which, which games sort of typically have always been reliant on, really. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Uh, let's see. What else do I have to ask you? We've had uh, covered uh, quite a lot of it so far. No matter, sorry, what were you going to say? Um, I, w- I was thinking um, when uh, you were saying about um, the industry, rather than going, you've got able five able-bodied people in the room going, oh, we'll, we'll add a... Uh, we'll add a high contrast thing. I'm sure that's what blind people want and carry on making the game. You can tell that they've clearly gone, you know what, why don't we ask disabled gamers what would make their game not only playable, but enhance the experience for them as well. Mm. And I just want to go, come on, everyone. (laughs) How's it taken... It's, it really is that simple, and also the, another another element that I that I've had on all the time is slow motion when you aim, mm. and that's just as simple as you turn the speed down, you press a button, and the speed of the game turns down slightly. Games have been doing that forever. There's no reason that they that they all can't do that, and that made it so much easier. So having more all the ammunition. Slow mo. I like going through games feeling like an 
an unstoppable badass. <laughs> yeah. And it, yeah, and it just it just shows so much of this stuff is stuff that any game could a lot of it could there could be like set up packages on all game engines like especially the unreal engine the unity engine the free ones a lot of this stuff is things that could be turned into a a package that any 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 someone making it on their own could use things like the slowing down thing because i've been learning about programming recently and found out that everything digital is based in binary. It's all zeros and ones, absolutely everything, and that blows my mind. And just it's just a matter of game all the all the elements. It's just maths. You just need to change some of the numbers in in so, in so many of the places. If and I also did you. Should I say that again? If it's a case of maths, it's a good job that they've not got me working on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, did you use the um, the zoom function? The, you know what the the zoom. Ordinarily, that would be amazing um, on a on a PlayStation game, but because of the sheer amount of features elsewhere, I found that I didn't need it <laughs> because they had me covered so much in all of the other aspects that the zoom was just one that I, I didn't need in the end, but obviously somebody out there, it would have been equally as valuable to them as, as the other things were to me. And that's, that's the brilliance of, of the fact that they added so many things. And like you said, it's absolutely clear and obvious. It, even without them having confirmed it, it's obvious that they consulted with mm. several disabled gamers yeah. not one and, and disabled gamers of various backgrounds um and that you know they continued that relationship after the the release of the game because i imagine that you know they would have had to do a lot of consulting for sort of the integration of the audio description as well but mm-hmm. um sort of going back to what you said about the sort of the, the coding aspect of it like matt i i sort of think that like, I, I am not like <laughs> really savvy in that regard, but um, when I think of something as simple as sort of how you describe the slow motion thing, the shortcut that you can use to toggle it on and off, which is essentially just a swipe on the PlayStation controller, um, you swipe right or left on the um, touchpad to get your feature, and you can customize what turns on and off, um, but by default, it's the slow motion mode. And even something as, as simple as that, being able to toggle a setting on and off with mm. just a symbol, like it's almost like a, a keyboard shortcut on a computer, really. It's, it's the equivalent of that. And it, it strikes me as something that wouldn't be that difficult to have in in a lot of games. No, that's... Uh... Yeah, because every, every button is a zero or a one. Mm-hmm. Are you touching it? Zero. No. Are you touching it? One. Slide right. Turn turn it down. Turn the speed down twenty five percent, and right again, back up to one. And you just go, oh, come come on, guys. Yeah, <laughs> it's easy. Yeah. easy. <laughs> Although with the slow motion mode, the one th- the the only time it it becomes quite funny is when I <laughs> accidentally leave it on in a cutscene, and <laughs> it's yeah 
quite quite humorous. Um, I didn't know it could do that. That does sound funny. Yeah, it's it it, it does. It it transitions between all sort of phases of, of the game. Um, <gasps> you know, whether it's a cutscene or just normal gameplay, um, it's it's always implemented, and it's the same with the the high contrast as well. Um, <laughs> if you transition from gameplay to cutscene, cutscene to gameplay, that the high contrast is always there. Um, as well, which is is brilliant. Um, sort of in in the cutscenes, um, sort of the amount they've done with with those in terms of accessibility is sort of brilliant as well. Like with the the subtitles, you can change all the the sizes of them, the color of them, the background of them, and you can even sort of add um, a little sort of the the name of the character that's saying the line will appear mm-hmm. next to it. And you can sort of customize the color of that as well. Um, so it's it's not just the the gameplay experience, if you like. That it, in the case of The Last of Us, it's not just the gameplay experience that they've clearly paid a lot of attention to in terms of making it accessible. It's the whole package, really. Mm-hmm. I'd be interested to know um, what does the audio descriptor sound like. She sounds she sounds good, solid. Um, I'd say um, <laughs> it's. That's a, like they say with all the audio description, it's it's meant to sort of complement what's going on, um, fill in the gaps really between any any dialogue and other audio, and it does it fantastically. To be honest, it's not like I don't know. I, I, it, when I liken it to other games in which I've heard like synthesized speech or <laughs> other kind of audio description, I, I once played Minecraft and. The, the screen reader that it had on there, it sounded like something from like the 1980s or something like that. It was really yeah. bad. Um, but so sort of both the screen reader and the person that's done the audio description um, on The Last of Us, all of those sort of um, things that are used to provide sort of audio support to, to people who, who might have low vision, they're all done sort of incredibly well. And they don't, I don't know. They they don't sort of take away from the experience in 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 the way that it, it could be a risk that these things could do if they were done terribly. It, yeah, complements it really really well. It's it's as good as like your top TV shows. It's if, if I you know think back to the summer and watching Stranger Things, mm-hmm. it's definitely you know on that level in terms of how how well done and professional it is. Okay, good to know. We hope you enjoyed that episode of Gaming System. If you want to support us, you can donate to us through our PayPal by sending it to wearegamingthesystem at gmail.com if you want to send us a one-off donation. If you want to donate to us monthly, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash gamingthesystem. Until next time, bye-bye.